0: So he was technically giving us a loan for thirty thousand dollars to do the build out, and nine months in, right when we had just like started to really get up and running, um, I was getting ready to quit my job. Not that I was taking any money from the gym; I was just like I was ready to do the recruiting thing on my own. She was like, "This is too much for me. I'm not getting paid." The whole point of coming to doing my own business was to get paid. I quit. And I was like, okay. And when I realized all the clients, the personal training side, which made a lot more money than the group group fitness side, they all went with her because that was the relationship.
1: Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy high resolution audio. This isn't a different standard, it's the higher standard. Hello, everyone. This is the now world famous The Higher Standard podcast, arguably infamous and just generally spectacular. I am your host, Chris Nahebe, and I appreciate you tuning in. This is your first time welcome to the show. And if you're a repeat offender, welcome back. A few house cleaning items before we jump into today's guest and she's a very special one to me. We are going to change the format of the show. We're going to go from just Tuesday drops to Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday will be interviews with guests and Friday will be our solo educational episodes. This way you don't have to wait every other week for the format that may interest you the most and you have two opportunities. If, for example, one episode isn't happen, happen, doesn't happen to be your flavor, you can, whatever, you know, you can listen to the other one. Or if you're really smart, talented, good looking, and frankly have a, a, t- a tremendous amount of self respect and want to be an entrepreneur one day, you're going to listen to both every minute of every, in every second of both. Cause that's how you grow. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so with that, one of the reasons I want to explain to you guys and everybody else is why we're doing that. I recorded 20 episodes before we even went live. And in the franchise episode that aired a while back before this episode, you heard me at the very, very end of it. And you should have stayed to the very, very end, right? Because every second, every minute counts, right? Yeah. At the end of that episode, I talked about how we were going to just start interviewing guests. And obviously, you've been listening to the podcast for some time. You know that since the first day we launched the podcast, we've always had interviews on. Well, that was after me recording 20 of these solos. Problem with that has been, I haven't been able to be responsive in real time to things that were going on in the ether out there in the zeitgeist. So, I want to talk about things like the Russia-Ukraine war. I want to talk about things like the Fed interest rate, a little bit more responsive uh, in my communications as opposed to months out or in, in retrospect. So, this is going to solve that problem. It allows me to slow down a little bit of the recording cadence that we're at now, put out a lot more episodes, and then hopefully we can start talking on more of a frequent basis where I'm recording a couple days before, or maybe a week before, but definitely bringing you a little bit more fresh content and responding to things that are going on. So, look for two episodes a week. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, you know that's happening and we've made that that adjustment and that pivot. And if you don't know, you should go back and listen to all of them again so that you appreciate it because every minute and every second counts. Okay, so this week's guest is my my cousin, but she's more than a cousin to me. She's like a like, like a sister. She grew up uh, when they first got to this country in my house with me before her parents ultimately moved out and did their own thing. And we spent a lot of time together. We still, uh, we still communicate all the time. She, she's always been a part of my life and I'm very, very, very proud of her. She's got an amazing entrepreneurial journey. I think you a lot of you have probably heard me say luck is a combination of preparation and opportunity and I believe that immensely. I really do believe that you have to be prepared for that opportunity And some people just call it blatant luck, but I think if you're not ready for it, even if you're the luckiest person in the world, you could lose it or you could fail. And her story uh, as an entrepreneur is definitely one that involves some luck. I think she actually says that in this recording. I was hesitant to air this because there was so much luck involved with her sets of circumstances, but then the more I unpacked it and the more I talked to her about it, the more I recognized that there's so much of that in my own career. You know if I didn't walk in to the right opportunity at the right time I would have never been at at the bank. I would have never had that opportunity. It was just one chance meeting, one chance handoff of information that led me to something that was so monumental in my own growth. So there there's a bit of that in all of us who I guess may be perceived as successful on some level. But her more than me, she she's a a mom of two, including a very young uh second child of hers. And she's a wife but she's also a business owner in the fitness space, which requires a tremendous amount of focus and, and effort on her part because not only does she have to get back in shape and get back in there and start working, but it's what she does for a living. So it's, it's really a visual representation of what she does. So, so the stress around her building her brand, building the loyalty, and, and really building her own franchise value ha- has been something that I've wanted to unpack with her for some time. And we do that in this episode you can tell we're close because I give her a little bit of shit because that's my job, right? That's what you do for family. But it was, it was a great episode and I hope you find it as enlightening as I did. There were some things here I didn't know about her own journey that I, I found to be powerful and I really respect how she's never made excuses for all the challenges that she has to overcome in order to be a successful entrepreneur. I think a lot of young people who don't have kids and don't have a family and don't have these other things going on don't appreciate the fact that as you get older, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be this old guy who's preaching, but as you get older, you, you all you do is layer in additional stress. All you do is layer in additional things. It rarely gets easier. It almost always gets more and more complex. Your business grows, it's more complex. Your family grows, it's more complex. And then your extended family grows, it's more complex. And you just keep layering in, and as you get... More and more, it's bigger bills and more bills and things of that nature. So to see her be able to flourish and, and grow despite all of her other responsibilities is, is really impressive, and I'm super, super proud of her. Let's jump into it. Let's go. Good, good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is my cousin, aka Halia Glenn. So you young lady are a self-made entrepreneur who owns her own gym in Ventura, but I like The story of how you got to be a gym owner. And I think being a female small business owner in this day and age has got its added uh, tale of challenges in and of itself. So I thought you could share with everybody while I made fun of you and drank beer.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm also drinking beer and I make fun of you too. So it's mutual. There you go. Feeling is mutual.
1: (laughs) So before we start taking shots, let's take an attempt at being serious briefly And you tell me how you became the gym owner that you are today.
0: Well, I bought the gym for $2. Wow. Which is kind of the middle of the story.
1: You know, you can sell a whole bunch of Instagram, like, subscriptions to services on how to open up a gym with just that tagline, right? $2. (laughs) I bought a gym with $2. You can too. I'm Halia. This is how you get your subscription. There you go.
0: You know what? I I should really do that. You should. Those buzzwords, those, um, when did the taglines, I saw a tagline before we get into the serious stuff today. I feel like we should add to my repertoire
1: oh, yeah? that good I'm a
0: COVID business survivor.
1: That's a thing. That's a tagline.
0: It should be because now people are like, for example, orange theory. I saw an ad for them today that said mask free come and get your oh, free
1: trial. And yeah. I was like,
0: oh, that's, we have turned a corner.
1: I go to Equinox, right? And, and I haven't been back in a while. And I, because granted I'm fat now and there's a whole lot of jokes you can make from that. But my wife and I went back, we got it as part, of our, as part of our black card membership. So we went back to the Equinox we were going to before. But they didn't tell me before I got there, they needed to see my vaccination card that was up to date, including boosters before they let me into the gym. Wow. Then they require that you wear a mask when you were in the gym. So you got to, you know, you got to walk in and out, obviously with the mask. But when you get upstairs, like half the people or more aren't wearing masks anyway. And their explanation is, is everybody here had to show their vaccination card. And you really can't get mad at anybody for it. But at the same time, you're like, what the hell? Like, where's the standard?
0: The higher standard?
1: Oh, see there you go. See, this is why I don't have you on my podcast. This is why, this is why we can't talk <laughs> in a place where people can hear us because it's that kind of cliché shit. This is going I'm I, I might hang up on you. It's probably the first podcast it. ever done. <laughs> you and you're sober. All right, so you bought a gym for $2. Let's tell the world how that happened. I
0: bought a gym for $2. Okay. So, Kevin, my husband, dragged my ass to Ventura. And I say that because n- neither of us knew what Ventura was nor had we been here for more than an hour or two before uh, we you moved were here. also
1: living in San Luis Obispo before that. So it's not like you were going to like a no, like city, across the
0: country, you know, yeah. like it was, or, but I mean, I grew up in orange County. I went to school in San Luis Obispo. That's where we met. And the only reason we moved to Ventura was because one, we couldn't afford LA Two, We don't want to go back to orange County cause you're there. Three, mm-hmm. Valid. <laughs> Three. we can't afford Santa Barbara. We didn't want to go up north where his family was. Everyone came to us eventually anyway, you know, but it was just like, it made sense geographically. And then, oh, and I think we would have lived in the mountains otherwise, but my husband is half merman, so he needs to be in the ocean he needs to smell it at all times to be calm, I would say.
1: I would say this. Despite the fact that being a merman sounds a little effeminate, he is more of a man than I am in every stretch of the imagination. <laughs> compared to, I, there are some things that man will do with a fish that I will never, ever do. I'm sorry. I'm just not that guy. I know what I am. I'm the guy who walks into a restaurant and orders salmon.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is. he's definitely taught me a lot about animals and I mean, everyone... To to keep okay, let's back up a little bit and give paint the right impression here. My husband's actually an engineer. He designs toys. He was in the medical field before that, but his hobby and his passion is spearfishing. So we he actually started a business too. We you should have him on the podcast talking about that entrepreneurship. I that would is, I want to talk
1: to him about his life choices though and how the hell he married you because that I mean, for such a smart you know, guy engineer, you know, I would think that he would have better such choices. A smart guy. I don't
0: know. I don't know. (laughs) You know, they told us the same thing. They said, marry a lawyer, an engineer, or a doctor. I did that.
1: I followed by the the book.
0: Somehow we had no income for like the better part of a year.
1: (laughs) It's called being an entrepreneur, last I checked. Right
0: exactly <laughs>
1: yeah in order to be an entrepreneur you got to take some risk and you know sometimes the risks pay off and sometimes it take a lot longer sometimes to pay they off.
0: don't oh mine I think that's actually um to go back to the gym that's one of the things it's been nine years now but it the the gym started so okay so we moved to Ventura I didn't know anybody in slow I knew everybody I knew everybody. I had a really good community. I worked at one of the biggest, like biggest still is one of the biggest software companies in that town and worldwide. And, um, we, it kind of shook us up a little bit because he had like a diving community and he's more of an introvert than I am. I'm very much an extrovert. I have to have a community and I came here and I had no one and nothing. So before this, by the way, when I was in slow, the reason why I knew everybody was because I did triathlons and I wasn't necessarily good at them. You know, it was like a club team kind of a thing.
1: It's taken a lot of self-restraint. I have not to make fun of you. I mean, I'm doing my best. I mean, like,
0: I'm really just, surprised. I kind of like go slow so that you I do know, like, like
1: people are going to hear this. i want to be You're professional. So, so you were a, terrible a somewhat at
0: interrupting. Usually I,
1: I am terrible at interrupting. Usually, including now, so you're in Ventura, you have no community, you don't know anybody,
0: no, your husband no, has I was like a poor little orphan,
1: poor little orphan, you, was your plan to continue working for the software <laughs> company as a, as a poor little orphan, lonely person with no friends, or <laughs> was your plan to start a business when you came down here automatically?
0: So no, none of, neither of those things. I plan to get another job because that's what we do is that we went from, I went from one corporate job and I was like, okay, I guess I'll just find another job in Ventura. So I didn't know what a recruiter was, uh, let alone a recruiter in, Do we, do we start with the parent jokes now? Or like. You can do parent bit. jokes
1: now. I'm our kidding. parents are Middle Eastern, um, bro. You can, you can say whatever you want. They, should I? <laughs> if, either, if any of them actually listened to this, I would be shocked. And for the record of the community, <laughs> our fathers, our fathers are brothers. And yeah, and there's a pro, approximately a point two five percent chance that somebody might actually tell them who listened to the show about us having a conversation. But outside of that.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen.
1: For the record, I, mean, I talked yeah. to your dad a while ago and I said, hey, do you like the podcast? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's great. I've listened to every episode and I couldn't figure out how he listened to every episode, but I know he <laughs> hasn't listened to every episode He thought the clips that I was posting online that are like the minute long clips of the show was the podcast. (laughs) So the good news is whatever you say that I can edit down to a minute, you're good.
0: Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. By the way, I've had three podcast shows and he said the same thing about all of them. So I guarantee he did not listen
1: wow you just you just Um, flex flex on the podcast shows there right like that really you just yeah
0: i did i did this is your first one what a freaking
1: rookie (laughs) that's cold note to self do not have her back on again
0: yeah um
1: recruiters really bad at
0: telling stories i was a recruiter and i did recruiting for the medical industry for a while for like two years and then i was like wait let me get this straight i didn't understand sales at the time. Cause I was, I didn't really have like, I wasn't in medical device or in medical sales and whatnot. Like you learn a lot about commission and base salaries and all that. And I realized I could have a lot less overhead and just make one or two placements a year and live off of that. So I quit and did my own thing for a while in recruiting While I was still running the gym,
1: seems to be a reoccurring theme. But let's get into the how. While I was owning the gym, your storytelling is terrible. I'm gonna walk you through this, okay? For everybody out there, you're you
0: you should walk me through this. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna walk you through this. We're gonna go step
1: by step. How the hell do you buy a gym for two dollars? Let's start there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go there. How the hell do I buy a gym for two dollars? Well, I got to know people. That is something I'm good at. You, you too. I think this runs in our side of the the genes. No, I'm an
1: incredible people. asshole. People don't like me most of the time. As a matter of fact, I got my first one star review in the podcast. I'm very upset about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's just move on. <laughs> this is no longer a 5.0 rated podcast. It's 4.9.
0: Oh, no.
1: It's fucking tragic.
0: Everybody should help you out and give you a 5.0, but I'm not helping your case. I've already so,
1: begged. No, you're not. This is, it's about to be a 4.6 rated podcast. I can't handle this shit. Pressure on. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I um, joined a gym. Okay, so I went through like all of it. I, I did I realized first of all like when you get a nine five you can't train for a triathlon because you don't have fucking time. And then I was like, okay, I'll try going to the gym by myself. And that was boring. I got over it. And then and also like the creepy guys, everyone I think women in general like deal with a lot of the creepy people in gyms and therefore they get turned off. So I went to a CrossFit, took Kevin. He slapped himself in the face with a barbell like two, three weeks in. And then he already had neck issues. That became a theme in our life later. He had spine surgery like a few years later. That kind of a theme. But anyways, did CrossFit, got injured, quit that. And we were like, hmm, went to a small, tiny little gym that was inside another gym it was called diet free life. That was the name of the actual space. And then inside of that space, I was so confused when I went there, it was like inside of that space, somebody was renting their like gym area and doing group classes. That person was married to another person. They ran it as a husband and wife team. And so I just started taking classes with them. I paid $45 a month for my, for my group class membership. And I was like, this is fantastic. I mean, I was paying $150 a month for CrossFit. So I got to know them. They were really sweet. And then um, got to know them a little bit better. And then I did a Zumba certification because one day one of them was like, holy shit. You're Zumba
1: certified? I I shouldn't have told you that. Wow. All these fucking years and I got to find out on a goddamn podcast that you were Zumba certified? Correct. Wow! I'm Look, never. I'm gonna change your name to Zumba certified on my phone right now. Please continue the story. Hold <laughs> on a second. Zumba <laughs> certified cousin. This is uh, this is fucking tragic. I didn't know that. Like, uh, oh my god!
0: Tragic or really good? You know, this like is, I this mean, is so okay, bad okay, okay. for you. Before you hate on Zumba, let nope, me. Too late. Let me. It's gonna happen. No. <laughs> Fine, but it was the gateway drug. My gateway drug to fitness, because it was fun. And I always wanted to dance. And that was like the closest thing I could get to dancing. Quit it. Quit making Uh,
1: fun of me. I'm just, I'm just saying like, (laughs) I've I've got like every eighties aerobic, like meme stuck in my head right now. It's just not good for you. You were a triathlete. You're telling me your segue drug to, to being a gym owner was Zumba. Yeah. That's embarrassing, me, America. I'm am sorry. No, it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm rude. <laughs> it's, it's, that's at least you grew up. But damn, that's that. Talk about starting Whatever. in the back of the... Okay, no, no, you went from CrossFit to no, Zumba. I'm not, You're like, you know what, sure CrossFit, they. not good for me, but Zumba so much it was fun.
0: fun. It was totally fun, and you know what? I was like, look, I looked around me, and there are women in their. 60s there are women in their 20s fat thin short tall everybody was smiling and having a good time the energy of the room was like pumped and I was like this is so fun I could come back to this every day
1: all right oh, it was about mm-hmm. the
0: vibe it was about the vibe also it's not like fucking
1: jazz it's not that different <laughs> Let's be honest. It's Zumba. I've seen the infomercial. We've all seen the infomercial. The yeah, only saving grace that you have is the demographic for this show has a nice large range of currently 18 to 34. And about I'm just half saying, of those you should give people it a don't know mm-hmm. what Zumba is. So that may save you from the public embarrassment that the other group will know what Zumba okay, is.
0: But, but Mr. Entrepreneur, look at their numbers. I'm not the only one that thinks Zumba is fun. Oh, Sit down. Okay.
1: Bro, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'm, 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 I'm. Or you could dance take,
0: a little. You could, you I'm, could I'm like a dance girl. a little.
1: I can, I'm six exactly. five, Like two hundred and forty exactly. pounds right now. Me dancing in a room is just like a spotlight to show that I'm balding and fat. It's not a good thing.
0: All I'm saying, all I'm saying, is that they got the formula right. Okay. They got the formula right. So, so you, anyway, fought, you, they got you become those, Zumba
1: certified, I, and you say to yourself, "I got Zumba certification. i take this to the I next level, like,
0: man." Well. Yeah. I keep, I kept getting certified. I was like, I was like suddenly really hooked on these stupid certifications, which, which is a good and a bad thing because in fitness, like there's no, it's not education, right? It's not like you go to school, you get your degree and then you teach classes or you go to school, you get your degree and then you have to intern for, x amount of years and then you do x y and z and it's not like that it's like every there in California it's like you don't even need a license to be a personal trainer you can do you it is it is and that should change and i hope to be which again kind of a catch 22 it's like if if i were to be a part of changing that and making that a thing then i definitely would suffer on that because finding trainers is already hard enough Finding good trainers is already hard enough. And then it's a whole slew of problems, which is why part, that's part of the reason why it has never become a thing is because trainers are difficult to find. They're, um, usually trainers are, it's, you know, they're, it's not their full-time job. It's their part-time job because you don't make a lot of money in training. So anyway, did that, did a bunch of other certifications, start teach classes at this gym at the time. Got to know them more. My class became, my class was high intensity. So it was like strength and intensity, yeah, uh, you know, hit style. It was so really fun. This is,
1: this is the same couple that you met and got really close to. Yeah. Their, their gym. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So they, they asked me to teach classes. I mean, I remember getting my first check for like $125 and I was like, this is amazing. I got paid for doing something I really love, you know? And people really liked it. They kept asking questions. They wanted me to do more. My class became really popular. It actually became like there there wasn't enough room every every week. I taught one class a week. And then um, the couple was like very suddenly decided that they were going to close the gym and only do personal training. Why? Because group training, they were charging $45 a month for unlimited group classes. No wonder. You know, they weren't that's, making any money.
1: not a viable business model, I assume.
0: No, and um, other gyms were charging at the time, you know, between 150 and 200, 250. So, so they were like, We're closing it, and I said, Oh, what a bummer! And then everybody that was going to classes that was getting the steal was like, Wait, don't close it, like, you guys should continue, you know, don't do personal training. Because I don't know if you know, but personal training has always been a thing, but group training came about because personal training was too expensive. Right? The whole reason group training exists is because people can't provide $75, $85 on the low end for a personal trainer to meet with them. And it's very tedious. It's very time consuming. A personal trainer gets burnt out after X amount of, you know, it's physical activity. It's a service, right? You can, it's not a product. You can't sell It'll never be passive income. You don't work. You don't get paid.
1: Plus, there's right. no community built in it, right? And you, you kind of need a community, no community to help build them. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly.
0: So it's it's unsustainable on its own, which is why the group situation came about. And then, um, yeah. So we were chatting, and at the time, she she the wife got a second kick. She was like a second wave. She was like, "Okay, well, maybe I should save it." You know, everybody's sounding like they really don't want me to quit let's start it again. I will ask all these other trainers to join me. And, and I was like, great. That sounds like it'll totally work. There's five of you, you know, you could all split up the classes. And then there was one of her clients that, um, his name was Gary and he, we didn't know he was one of those guys that like had like secret money. Like nobody knew. And there's a lot of these people in Ventura, they walk around in rags they're like millionaires and I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe it's Oh hi, like turnover. They come down here. Anyways, this guy and his brother, they owned a water company. And I say water company generally because they were a ginormous company. And I don't exactly know what they did with water.
1: Well, they had a lot of money.
0: They had a lot of money. He didn't have any heirs. He didn't have any, he didn't have a wife. He didn't have any kids. He had really just his brother and him. Kind of, that actually reminded me a lot of my dad and your dad. But they had.
1: Who do have. They wives were very close. Kids like you and me. Yes. 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 But, no,
0: yeah. I, yeah you know is, what I mean? Like they just, their relationship reminded me of our dads. So they were they like Love, hated each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Love, hate. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: We didn't know how much money he had, to be honest. But they had—they did a lot of um, charity events and stuff in Africa. So they were really good people. And my old partner, who eventually became my partner um, in business, she was his personal trainer. And she rehabbed him after a really bad car accident. Like He couldn't walk. So this is the part of training that becomes really important. It's like the emotional part that comes with having a personal trainer, right? They're not just your, they're not just this computer giving you things. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a relationship, right? And they had a very strong, really great, almost like father daughter relationship. And she was going through a lot. They actually, ironically, they ended up her and her husband ended up divorcing, like, basically at my dinner table, which was really crazy. Very uncomfortable for Kevin and myself. But it, anyways, this guy, Gary, was like, I'll fund it. I'll fund this new studio for you. And she said, great. I have four other trainers that are going to be owners of the studio. So it's going to be, like, split five ways. And so is that, is we're going to do a really great job. Her
1: husband owned part of the old studio and, like, they, they're splitting up and that was going to get shut down. So So now... He's going to start a new studio. Homeboy's going to finance it because we have this relationship and you guys go in as partners a 50, 50 or Not what's, me. what's the deal? I
0: wasn't even part of it yet. Oh. So th- she was going to split it up with them, with these other five trainers, very like established trainers that were well-known in the community. Venturans for lack of a better word. But hmm. when, when it came down to putting their name on paper, cause they all said, Oh, we're going to get salaries. He's going to fund it all. We're going to get paid. And I was just kind of like, Thinking about it I was like, damn, like, how do you? Okay, it's great. Go for it. I mean, it, most people don't get paid like right away when they start a business, but hell, if you guys haven't figured it out, awesome. Like, good for you. When it came down to it, they were like, um, yeah, we don't want to take the risk. So they all dropped out. All five of them fell through. And she was like, but we already started and like we've already invested and the guy had already started building. And um, actually, no, I don't think he had because I found the space. Anyways, so I want to
1: like, pause right here for one second. There's some, resou- there's some resounding, reoccurring themes that you see with entrepreneurs. And oftentimes I find, like you, they tell these stories and they don't really realize the themes are there. One of the themes that I've always said is relationships. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you asked. <laughs> Relationships are the truest form of currency. It really does matter who you know, and I'm not saying you need to proactively go out and find people that are going to benefit you, but the people that you keep in your zeitgeist, in your atmosphere matter. It's almost a, a somewhat analogous to the you know you are who you hang around with, kind of a thing, but at the same time, you can't be more than who you hang around with in, on some level. So it's just a weird thing I see with entrepreneurs, and the other thing seems to be this willingness to take on risks that other people won't. When you think about it in school, a lot of people will tell you not to do risky things because risky things are bad. Timmy, don't jump off this. You know, Johnny, don't do that. And it, it's, it just winds up being this reoccurring pattern of, of teaching kids not to mitigate risk, but to avoid risk at all costs. And that's what we do in school. You get a W-2 job. And so a lot of things that you've talked about right now really resonate with the relationship side of thing, and things and the willingness to take on risk. You moved to a place you didn't know anybody and you you try to figure out what you liked and you, then the last thing that i would say that that already is a is a recurring theme is people generally entrepreneurs generally are very successful chasing the things they are truly passionate about and clearly here you have a hobby that's a passion that winds up being something that was more than that in the end very early on it, this was just something that you were doing because you liked it right
0: yeah and and the crazy thing is like by the way for the relationships piece too it's not even just the people in your inner circle. It's the people's, the people in your circle and the people that they know. And it's crazy because it affects everything in your life. This is scientifically proven. This is not me talking out of my ass. It's like when the, you tend to be the people and you tend to do the things that the people around you do and you are also affected the pe- by the people that they know. Like even if you don't know them, it's something to be said about like, Weight. If you're surrounded by people that are overweight, you tend to be overweight. It's said to be um, prevalent in cheating. If you know people that cheat and break up, then you're more likely to cheat and break up. It's kind of a crazy phenomenon.
1: So yes. I don't. I'm, I'm going to tell you this now, then, because you know I consider you a friend, obviously, in addition to being my cousin. But if that's true, you're an asshole by default, right? Because I'm. <laughs> I'm an asshole. You're, you're, you know, in my, in my circle, you know, you, you're part of that. And frankly, there's a lot of our family members can, that could yeah. also raise their hand and qualify. Like, I'm not saying I'm not, yeah. I'm not the outbreak monkey for the assholeism, but I'm just saying that, you know, let let's just look in the mirror for a second and accept what you are. Congratulations. You're yeah. a Zumba you know you have to asshole. Be. <laughs> I can't believe I found that shit out. I mean, it's gotta be decades later at this point. You you intentionally went beyond to hide decade. the it's Zumba thing decade. from me. That that is terrible. That is terrible.
0: No,
1: so I So, at any point in time, does this story get to how you buy a gym from this lady for two dollars? <laughs> and why two? Why not one? Why not five? Two.
0: Well, I mean, if you really want to,
1: you know, understand, I got to tell you all this parts, all these. No, parts. no, it's it's fine. You're just a shitty storyteller, and that's why you've had three podcasts and I've had you know, one. My husband. That oh,
0: actually Uh, yes. Those podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) All of my podcasts have five star reviews.
1: It's too soon, man. That's not right. I'm still, (laughs) I'm still, I'm still grieving. I've been looking at the the reviews every single morning. I got like three more last night, and I'm like, why hasn't four point nine gone back up? (laughs) This is bullshit. And the person left the review like like left the stars, but there was actually like no comment with it. I was so looking forward to a comment posting talking about how like you're amazing, but I, you know, no, 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 no. I didn't do anything wrong. We know this. I thought it was going to be like a, like, Oh, like you're amazing. This is exceptional. And they accidentally hit the one star review, but it really meant five. And then, you know, people would, (laughs) people would read that one star review and go like, Oh no, this is really a five star podcast. (laughs) But that, that didn't happen. No, that
0: didn't happen. I'm pretty sure that they just didn't understand how the ratings worked,
1: you know? Yeah, maybe one is exceptional, like in the Ukraine or something. I mean, maybe we have one been, is like
0: five.
1: Yeah, we did chart in Peru. So, I mean, I don't know really Peruvians that are, you know.
0: In Peru. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, shout out to Peru. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast.
0: So, anyways, she was like, hey, be my partner in business. I was like, I don't know how to do a gym. And she's like, I'll do the gym part. I'll be the trainer, like. I'll tell you, you know, I know all that stuff. You be the business part. Just help me do the books. And I was like, okay, great, sure.
1: Really, so you were the we books. did the build
0: out. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Funny, right?
1: I just would so, thought you would be the trainer.
0: Well, because I didn't have experience. So she had like seven, eight years of experience. She had a whole book of clients, right? And she was like, "Hey, do the books." And I was like, "Um, okay. I mean, what kind of? How hard could it be? Right? It's a gym." How hard could it be? It's a gym. And I played it down. But then I came home and I told my husband about it. And he's like, "Absolutely jump on it. This is terrible. We are two entrepreneurs that take a lot of risks. And I'm the more conservative one. He is far more risky than I am." And um so I did it. I was like, "Okay, I guess I don't have anything to lose. I'll just jump in on this." I didn't quit my job. They did the build we did the build out. It was like $30,000 to do everything. And we bought shitty equipment. And the walls were purple and yellow and pink. And we, so we were technically the general managers and Gary was the owner and we did oh, I, didn't,
1: I didn't know that. And this is that same space <laughs> yeah. that I know that was bifurcated. You had like a CrossFit like set up yeah. on one side and then a kind of a group class section in the back. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: And, um, so he was technically giving us a loan for $30,000 to do build out. And nine months in, Right when we had just like started to really get up and running, um, I was getting ready to quit my job. Not that I was taking any money from the gym. I was just like, I was ready to do the recruiting thing on my own. She was like, this is too much for me. I'm not getting paid. The whole point of coming to doing my own business was to get paid. I quit. And I was like, okay. And then I realized all the clients the personal training side, which made a lot more money than the group, group fitness side, they all went with her because that was the relationship, you know? So here we are nine months in, we have a lease for five years. I have zero experience in not only in building a gym, but also in being in Ventura, owning a business. And it was scary. And then she took all the clients. Not that she meant to, you know, like stick it to me or anything. That's just that's just how the cookie crumbles. It's like that's where they went.
1: So why'd you buy it?
0: I'm, I I'm an idiot. But also I really, really wanted to.
1: Do I me, really wanted to. I felt for the, for the rest of the show, however long or short it may be, allow me to call you an idiot instead of you calling yourself an idiot, because it just doesn't help me help you. When you admit it. to this stuff, it just makes me an <laughs> asshole for, for agreeing with it. If I say it, it's comedic.
0: No, I took the, I, so we went to a meeting. The reason, here's the reason why it was $2. We went to a meeting with Gary, me and, me and my partner at the time. And we sat down and he goes, okay, you guys, I don't really want to do the loan thing. I want you guys to just buy it from me. And he was like, just give me a number. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, give me your number? Like, what does that mean? And he goes, just give me a number. And at this point, by the way, my partner had used the business credit card to pay for her divorce filing at the county clerk's office. And I was sitting there going, well, shoot, I don't really, I don't, I'm saying to myself, like, I really don't want to do this with this person. This This is a risk. This is too much of a risk that I don't want to take. And then he goes, any number. And I said, what do you mean, like a dollar? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, we'll do it for a dollar each. And she goes, oh, I don't have a dollar. I was like, okay, I'll pay for $2. I'll pay for her, but it's mine. And he's like, okay. I literally gave him $2. We have a picture. We have a signing. We have handshakes. We have signatures. That was it. And then he died.
1: Holy shit. That one left. It's
0: soup. Yeah. <laughs> really suddenly something like, happened
1: relatively like, quickly after that or like
0: yeah like 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 three months later
1: you think he knew he was dying i don't know you think he knew he was he dying a heart and and was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe he didn't know he was going to die.
0: He didn't all know. Right, well, yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, I don't, I don't know. There, there was some stuff that happened with his business too. And like, it all kind of was like super sudden and it was like, what happened? Anyways, we went to his funeral and, um, his brother came up to me and he was like, I know you're the owner of the gym. I just want you to know that Gary was never planning to get that money back from you. So please don't ever think that we're going to come after you later. It's yours. That was he very just,
1: nice. But also interesting that he chose to say that after you guys already came to an agreement, right? Like that's this
0: I mean, he was he was just kind of confirming. Like it wasn't I mean, it's been ten years. So I don't think he's ever coming back for me, but like and also we found out he gave millions of dollars away in Africa. Millions. Thirty thousand dollars was nothing to him. Absolutely nothing.
1: Such a bizarre set of circumstances. So let's let's pivot for a second then. So you have a gym, you bought it for two dollars, you got some, you know, moderately okay equipment, you've got a bit of a brand name out there, but it hasn't been around too long. How do you grow that and stay in business for the last was it 10 years? You said ish?
0: Mm, we'll celebrate nine years this year. Um, to be honest, I had nothing. I didn't even I didn't have a brand name. I had a I had a name that made no sense. The Studio Ventura.
1: Which is still the name.
0: It, it is still the name. And the name, did actually, it was the studio. That was it. And the studio, I still get calls every once in a while that's like, is it a dance studio? Is it a yoga studio? It's like, no, it's a studio. It's a strength training studio. So it's like kind of weird. But I went with it because the studio is a place of practice of all kinds. And we've had yoga there before. We've had strength training before. We've had CrossFit-esque before. And I think in the last nine years, because I was kind of thrown into it, I've had to figure out what it is that I want. And that is was that probably the hardest part of business. I had to rebrand everything. We went from pink and purple walls to black and green. And I did my logo myself. You know, I came up with an emblem with my tattoo artist after I got a sleeve, (laughs) quite the journey. But I
1: was listening. uh, She went from a very untattooed individual to having a full sleeve. And I think plans for more, right?
0: Yeah. My dad, if he hears that, you know, like,
1: is he still giving shit? You have a sleeve at this point. Really?
0: It's really funny. He sees it every time. It's so funny because Kevin got one. So Kevin Kevin got a big
1: ass tattoo. You got a big ass. He fish a tattoo. big tattoo on his back. Two, yeah, two big, fish. He has, he,
0: he has world records in them. He wanted those. You know, that's kind of a big deal. He wanted those things on his back.
1: You know, I, I get didn't, it. I didn't realize he had a world record. What does he have a world record for? Yeah. What's uh, the world record?
0: It's you don't know, do you? For yellowtail that's, and that's mean, sea bass. I don't. Know that's that's messed them. up. You don't know. That's terrible. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <He's listening. laughs> is he listening? Tell him to go back to playing Halo. One of
0: them. One of them is because. He shot out the spear gun. Here's the beauty of this.
1: For those of you who can't see this, (laughs) he's looking out of the corner of her eyes at her husband who's in the room playing Halo, and he's clearly, like, whispering the words to her (laughs) because she has no idea. Let me tell you right now, if my wife didn't know that I held a world record, I would be pissed.
0: Nah, he's not that pissed about it. I think one of his friends stole it not, not that far later. Right, babe? Yeah. It's a a spearfishing thing. He has like a a thing. Anyways, it's a cool thing. But I'm saying like, that's what he got the tattoo for. Anyways, and then I got one tattoo on my arm. And my tattoo artist was like, why are you getting it here? Like, don't you, if you come back to me next year and you want more, I'm going to be mad at you. What I do next year, I went back and I wanted more. And I wanted the whole arm. And he was like, I'm so upset that you chose to pick. It was this one. It was like on my forearm. He's like the worst place. For me to add the rest of it to, But my dad, to this day, blames Kevin for me uh-huh. getting tattoos. And then his parents, I'm sure, blame me for getting tattooed, for him getting tattooed. So it's really interesting that both parents don't like it.
1: So obviously, you know, brothers and all. My dad knows that I've got, my, uh, you know, our son's tattoo, uh, my son, our son's name, my wife's handwriting tattooed on my forearm. And, you know, I have plans to go back and get more. There's a couple of different ones that I want to get. Same arm. I mean, it'll probably wind up being like a loosely put together sleeve, but whatever it might be. And I'm in banking. It's super conservative. But my dad to this day acts super surprised. That's not a tattoo, is it? What is that? I'm like, dude, you've seen this like a thousand times. Like, why do we have this every time? Did you
0: write it on there?
1: (laughs) No, he's like, I thought that wasn't real. I'm like, what fucking world are you living in? dude? Like, it's been there for like, you know, three years now. What are you doing? So, and then of course, you know, he hasn't blamed anybody because my wife, as you know, has a lot of tattoos. I mean, um, more than I know, her ankle, her whole shoulder, her back it is a lot. There's a lot there.
0: I'm getting one on, the, on my side a little bit later. It was kind of funny. It was after I had my first uh, kid too. It was kind of like, oh, I've always wanted this. I need to just do it. But after you give birth, you're like, I can do any, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I
1: gave birth. So, believe it or not, <laughs> I'm glad we brought this up because there's a couple questions I, that normally I cut the podcast off at about 40 minutes, but you're not going to get that luxury because I really don't give a shit about your time. Most people end the podcast and go, I really am worried about your time. And, you know, I don't care about yours. So it's all good. What I do want to know is you have obviously a, a young daughter, not below the age of five, right? Yeah, she right. is three, and a, yeah, great, three great. and a half. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to be somewhat. Open-minded about everybody else, and then you have a newborn son. So, Uh, yeah, newborn. That's still newborn, right?
0: I think after four, they're considered not newborn. But what the fuck are they considered? They're not a fucking toddler. They're not
1: a toddler. Yeah, that's not a that's not a (laughs) thing Infant. I I don't know, man. I counted. I still count in months. Yeah, you have a baby. I have a got a baby and a toddler. Is that the proper vernacular for three and a half year old? Okay, we have a toddler too. Whatever. So. You got a baby and a toddler, you're an entrepreneur, your husband's got stuff to do, you got stuff to do, you got to run a gym. How the hell are you managing all that cuz you're also, you know, active mommy duty all the time. Today you were out with both the That's kids. Hard. You know, and your gym's yeah. oh. open, right?
0: Yeah. You know what? You forgot to you forgot to mention that we also have a two bedroom, one bath house and we're adding a one bedroom and bathroom because we are out of bedrooms for our children
1: what and is that? Um, yeah.
0: and my husband's a general contractor because that's what he does too now so he's been spending Wait. the is last he, is he actually a gc no but he's doing no. it it's owner, your GC.
1: <laughs> owner owner builder he's
0: our gc yeah Jesus. so he's doing talking, that
1: like, the guy is more of a man than i will ever be and I, i'm not even i'm not even embarrassed to say it. you know what he holds a world record it's all good <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hold a world record for spear fishing. It's all right. You can be a bigger you know, man than me, bro.
0: It's it's all about the the you know, the taglines, all these things that he does. He's really impressive. I sell him really well.
1: You do sell him really but, well. I know him, so I, I harass him all the time because I don't care.
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, so, then
1: you so have yeah, this business. I have to
0: stay out of the house. I have to stay out of the house because how
1: how do you do this? How how does how do you run a business like how this? How do I
0: do this? So here's the thing. I have, an, I have a fantastic team. I hired good people. Ooh. This is a struggle for me, actually, because I knew that this would happen when I had kids. I knew that... So the studio is like my first baby, right? I spent seven, six years building it up. You came to our opening and it's changed 100% since that day, right? Our classes changed. Our style changed. Our focus changed the people changed, everything went through like this progression. And what I'm telling you, when, when I say like, the studio is basically like my growth throughout my life and the 10 years that have passed, I mean it. And I mean it in the sense of like, I have figured out the kind of trainer that I want to be the, you know, the things that I probably should, have, the things that most people figure out before they start a business, they're like, I want this to be my mission statement. I, I didn't have a mission statement. I had to figure it out two years in because some things were set up and they were just automatically running. We had trainers that just taught the classes, whatever the classes they wanted to teach. Now there's part of a program who comes up with the program. I come up with the program who teaches them the way that they need to be taught. There are some things that that places like F45, CrossFit, Orange Theory, all these big chains have it boiled down to a science they're really good at their systems. They're really they have people they ha- they literally hire people and s- spend an entire salary for just that person to come up with a years worth of programs. That's their whole job. I have to do that and hire and fire and do the marketing and I mean the number of hats you wear and through all of this, you know, my husband is the one that's the breadwinner cuz I didn't bring any, you know, like it's still a small gym. How much money can you really make if you're not working? If you don't work, you don't get paid, right? It's a service. How do you do it? You don't do it well. You it's, it's not, no. And I don't mean that as a, as a, it is always a work in progress and there's always more to be done, which is really cool. Actually. There's, I mean, you, I think that a lot of businesses might have, like the, the owner can see the end of it and say like, okay, this is as much growth as we're going to have. I personally don't feel like we've tapped into the potential of my own potential, how much I want to expand, what I want to do, where do I want to go? There's a lot of opportunities still for me to explore. But right now it seems like everything's kind of slowed down because of the kids and life.
1: Mm, so as much as it pains me to be positive or nice to you, I'm going to do it. And it, God, I, w- I wish I had more alcohol in me for this. But look, I take a shot. You know, Yeah, I wish I had more. In any event, look, here, here's my problem. You know, we, we have a, a publicly traded bank. There's always more to do. You never feel sure. finished. It's the sure. same thing. Mm, never really. Finished. I've got a boutique s- small law firm. It feels the same way. That's part of being an entrepreneur. That's that's part of being hungry. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you because because I know the answer is no. Did you listen to the podcast episode we did with Roger Lipson? No. Yeah, as a long pause for a no. We both knew it was coming. Yeah. Well, Why'd you ask me? Because because I wanted you to publicly admit that you're a shit cousin. But that's that's a whole different conversation. Oh, Look, <laughs> it's fine.
0: You know, who I listen to I listen to a guy. If you're gonna tell um, me listen to somebody hard. else's
1: podcast, I'm about to hang out. Yeah, I'm about of to stop button right now. What, can they, why haven't you listened to every single one of my? There's only fifteen.
0: That's a lot. <sighs> but I am listening. I just have only You
1: can't to count two. talking to me as listening to the podcast. You know what? Let me just finish my point before I get mad at you and Go stop ahead. being positive. All <laughs> right. Look. So <laughs> look, to be a mom is hard. My wife did it. You know, and and she struggled a lot with the idea of not working and being a dedicated mom. And, and the stay-at-home mom thing is equally as stressful as it is being the the mom who goes to work every day. It's
0: so hard. Yeah. It, yeah,
1: there there is no finish and end to it. But I don't know how you look at where you've come from with that business coming from something that you just acquired for two dollars and and kind of went into it with the best of intentions. At where you're at today is anything but a resounding success. And. I appreciate and admire your your humility, but your ability to build relationships, your ability to persevere through what I think are some significant challenges, not to mention COVID, not to mention the last couple of years and what's been going on with just working out in general and this whole working working from home thing and the Peloton craze. You've been able to persevere through a lot. And to see where you're at now, you know, I think you, you have a tendency, and this is the reason why I brought up the, the Roger Lipson thing, is, is you have a tendency to look at the world through your own opus. And a lot of people do. I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to this. And this is one of my biggest faults, is I have a tendency to think that people are lazy because they're not willing to work the way that I am. But Roger pointed out to me in that episode, why do you think that everybody has the same capacity for work? And it's such a simple question. And the answer is they don't. We're all different. The expectations you have of yourself as an entrepreneur are completely different than what most people probably would have of themselves who would just be happy to have the income and do something that they love. So, your, your sense of unfulfilled destiny as it relates to the business and seeing and wanting more is a very unique thing that I think you should appreciate. Oh, God, this is, makes me so nauseated to say this to you because it's so positive. You should appreciate <laughs> because it, it, it's a skill set, and not everybody has that. Not everybody's going to be as tenacious. And as much as I want to point the finger at our fathers and our family upbringing as being this like old school Middle Eastern, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, hyper aggressive bullshit. What I'll tell you is adversity builds character. Mm-hmm. And you got character. And you know kid.
0: what? Oh, thanks. That was, that was really, really just so nice. It was really confusing. Yeah, for just me
1: stop it. I don't want to hear through. any more about it. That was <laughs> um, terrible. I need to But I beer. will say, I...
0: <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm really connected to my people. And those relationships, they came they come back again here because I've had twenty people that are members, I've had a hundred people that are members, and it's all the same to me. I know their kids' names, I know their husbands' names, you know what I mean? Like I know what they do for a living. I pay attention. And I I know walking around a class, I can tell you who's got what injury and those relationships are built based on that, you know, like that's, that's where the relationships come and that's what makes a good trainer. When you say, how do you find the people that want to work like you do, right? Like people don't have the same work ethic as you do. They also don't have the same relationship skill, like building skill that you do. Because you connect with people through humor, right? You connect through sarcasm and being an asshole and all that. You
1: were talking about, I thought you were th- talking about you I'm and yourself. I'm talking about person. you. No, I'm talking no, about no, you. No, no, I'm just an asshole. I'm not, there's no humor in what I say.
0: No. Well, like, I mean, you think, you think it's humor because it's funny Maybe it's they're true. laughing at you.
1: There you go. Maybe come. they're
0: laughing at you. But you. what I'm saying is like, that's it's kind of like our superpower as the Nahibis, in my opinion, is that we we tend to connect with people like that. And I think that's the only reason the gym has survived is that the relationships that I've built throughout the years, because I cannot duplicate myself, but I'm still connected to people, even if I'm not there.
1: Well, at some point in time, you and I will have an off the record conversation about scalability and growth. I I disagree with duplicating yourself as being a necessity. I just think you need to find a way to expand your horizon.
0: Totally. And I'm, I have, I have, um. In the last few years, I mean, those are some really hard but fast lessons that I had to learn. I couldn't do it all. I couldn't teach all the classes. I there was no way I could have done that. I made sure to hire immediately and and build the trainers based off of their own skills and what they're really good at. And that was a really good thing to do too, because then the people were connected to them. But then what would happen is they would be too connected. And then when the trainer left, they would leave there's a part of training that, that is difficult. And then when you listen to people, it's really great. You take their feedback, that one star review, or you take it really personally, you know, and, and, and a gym, when you know, everybody, everybody tells me how they feel about stuff and it's really hard not to get swayed from one side to the other and just, you know, stay the route and do what you need to do to get things done when the people matter the most.
1: Damn. Look at you sounding all smart and, Entrepreneurial. Well, I'm not going to say anything smarter than that. So let's just call it a wrap there. And if everybody or anyone wants to find you, find out more about your business, or or kind of see the stuff you're doing on social media, can you tell them how to find you, where to find you?
0: Sure. Myself at Helia Glenn is my Instagram handle, and then the studios is the studio Ventura, studioventura.com. And uh, yeah, that's all I have. For, oh, you want me to tell them about the, my podcasts?
1: Yeah. Well, look, Should I'll, I'll put anything those? you want in the show notes. You can go ahead and put them down there. I'll make sure the links don't actually work, but it'll look like they do <laughs> in the show notes. So go ahead and tell them what, what, what about your podcast. I
0: actually have. So I have three. It was Fit and Busy was the, was the newest one. But I mean, this is literally like five years ago. So don't, don't worry about it. And the other one's fit Fit Thirty. It was like a 30-day challenge. They were like six-minute episodes. They were fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I, no, I listened no idea to all what the fuck
0: I said to those. No, you
1: did every. I listened to every single one of them. I did. It was on my podcast queue. I was subscribed. I was actually shocked the first time because I didn't recognize they were so short. But, you know, I did listen to every single one of them, unlike you who hasn't listened to a single damn one of these podcasts. Oh,
0: my God. Damn. You're
1: such a liar. That's not... <laughs> I can't lie about the things you haven't done. Uh, all right. Well... It's been a pleasure. I, like Most people, I'd say, you know, hey, I'd love to have you on again. But you, I'm not going to say that. I'm not. Because this is probably your one Cause and only. Because you're
0: going to just yeah. have me on again.
1: No, I definitely will not have you on again. And if I do, it'll definitely be with a lot more alcohol. And I won't be positive because this makes me really nauseated. And I got to go to bed. And it's just awkward for me. So thank you for coming <laughs> on the so show. mean. Sharing your story. You're not welcome. And tell your amazing husband that I still think he's handsome. Yeah,
0: he's probably worse than I am on
1: the show that's okay yeah he's definitely not coming on the show not (laughs) this is not his skill (laughs) set thanks for having me all right i love you i guess no you don't i love you too kind of sometimes most of the time who fucking knows i hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the higher standard podcast Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.